This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Coming up, we'll talk to the folks at the Better Business Bureau about how you can protect yourself from online scams. I'm Martin Strong. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Plans for a new big condo project for Vancouver's Chinatown are on hold, at least for another week or so. They had a hearing Monday night to debate the controversial Chinatown condominium project, but it ended without a vote on whether it should go ahead. About 100 speakers had their say. The idea is to build 111 residential and commercial units on a site that's now being used as a parking lot. Critics of the plan say the problem is... That includes no social housing units and won't do anything to ease the housing crunch in Vancouver. They now have a vote planned for a week from Monday, June 26th. Are you worried that inflation is going to put the squeeze on your retirement plans? If you are, you're not alone. New survey has found inflation rates are weighing heavily on many Canadians' plans for retirement. Ivana Sonardo, head of plan services with the Healthcare of Ontario Pension Plan, says their new survey found that Canadians of all ages are finding it a lot harder to save for retirement. And according to this survey, 44% of non-retired Canadians aged 55 to 64 have less than $5,000 in savings. And one in five from that group said they haven't set anything aside for retirement at all. It was a rough week for employees of Bell Media across the country, with Bell announcing They were cutting 1,300 jobs, and that means six radio stations, including two here in Vancouver, are shutting down completely. Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez says the bleak news only backed his case for two proposed laws designed to help Canada's struggling media sector. Those include Bill C-18, which would require companies like Google and Facebook to pay Canadian outlets for news content that appears on their platforms. That bill got one step closer to becoming law this past Thursday. Bill C-18, also known as the Online Streaming Act, passed third reading in the Senate with about a dozen amendments. The liberal, liberal government says the bill will create a level playing field between Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Google, which dominate online advertising, and the shrinking news industry. The Ottawa Senators have a new buyer, and it's not Ryan Reynolds or Snoop Dogg. They were both part of groups that were in the running to buy the NHL team. But reports this week say a group led by Toronto-based businessman Michael Andlauer has reached an agreement in principle to buy the Senators for close to a billion dollars. Andlauer apparently has some dough. He is the founder and CEO of Andlauer Healthcare Group. Uh, the company owns a bunch of healthcare supply chain companies and a Toronto-based merchant bank, Bulldog Capital Partners. Over in the U.S., Fox News doesn't like Tucker Carlson hosting a show on Twitter. They were, have reportedly sent their former host a cease and desist letter over his new Twitter series. Since Carlson got the boot from Fox this past April, Uh, He's kicked off Tucker on Twitter, a video series. He's put out just a couple of episodes so far. In the first one, though, he recommended that the U.S. forces invade Canada and liberate the Canadian people. And finally, the Walt Disney Company says it has pushed back the release 
of Avatar 3 by a year. This movie was supposed to come out in December of next year, 2024, but now Disney says it'll be December 2025. And if you're making plans, that means Avatar 4 won't hit theaters until December 2029, with Avatar 5 not arriving until two years later. That'll be in 2031. 2031, you'll be able to go to that movie, Avatar 5, in your flying car, I assume. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Did you buy something for dad? It's Father's Day tomorrow. According to the National Retail Federation across North America, we spend just over $23 billion on Father's Day gifts. A lot of that is online, and that means there are a lot of scams out there, whether it's Father's Day or not. And up next, we'll talk to the Better Business Bureau about how you can protect yourself from online scams. Also, what are the top scams in BC these days? That's all when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And when you think of brands with name recognition, there's probably very few people who haven't heard the name the Better Business Bureau. It's always the first thing that comes to mind when you feel like you're not getting a fair shake. I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau. And that's why they're there. And here in BC, we have a very strong arm of the Better Business Bureau serving the mainland of British Columbia. This includes consumer support services, handling complaints, customer reviews, advertising reviews, and education. And you can find them online at bbb.org. And to tell us more about the BBB, the Better Business Bureau, and how they can help you is the Director of Communications with the Better Business Bureau, Nisha Hoti. Hi, Nisha. How are you? Hi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great. I'm looking forward to talking to you about this because uh, I I guess when it comes to ways that consumers can be ripped off, um, it's really changed over the past 10 or 20 years as everything moves online and the technology moves so quickly. It must be very challenging uh, for the Better Business Bureau to keep up with all the new ways that scammers can take our money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a digital world, right? And scams used to look very different. You had sweepstakes scams, you had people coming to your door, um, you know, you had mail scams. And, and I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't exist. It does. But it's a very different world. And, and today, you know, so many of the scams, a third of our scams are online. And more than that, you're getting, you know, phone scams, phishing scams, where people are pretending to be someone else via email, via phone, etc. So there are just so many new ways. And it's relentless. It, more than that, the fact that there's new types of scams, they are consistent, they are relentless, they are constant. And that becomes that becomes overwhelming and it becomes frustrating. And so I think that now more than ever, the BBB is very, is very relevant, but in an entirely different way. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And I guess uh, the next 10 years are going to be insane with artificial intelligence because I'm hearing all these stories about how uh, they can take someone's voice and, you know, the voice like and call, say, a, a grandparent with the voice of the of the grandson or granddaughter asking them for money. I hear all yeah. these stories. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've heard those a lot as well, and it's really, really unfortunate. So, and it's really scary because they're preying on basically the most vulnerable, which I, I hate to say this, but that's 
one of the, the kind of the key components of a scam, right? There are some things that a scammer will always kind of do. And, it, you know, whether it's preying on someone who's vulnerable or it is, you know, creating a scarcity, like scarcity of time, scarcity of resource, like the, the product, whatever. So they're always trying to get you to move fast. They're trying to make you fearful that you're going to lose something. And whether it's just an item or, you know, in this case, the concern of a loved one. And AI is definitely going to change things. It's already, it's already happening, right? People are getting these phone calls. They're spoofing phone numbers, so they're calling in pretending, like, from a phone number that looks familiar, that is, you know, so, you know someone that they love, and then also pretending to be someone else. So the big thing with that one, and it's really interesting, is that you gotta, you got to ask the right questions, right? You really have to ask questions back that only that person would know and or get off the phone and, and you know, call them back because that is the only way you can possibly know. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say that they have, uh, passwords, like a sort of safe words with their family just to prove that it's actually them. Yeah. And it's funny because you think about safe words and they were, you know, for your kids at school, if someone was coming to pick them up or, you know, stuff like that. And in, in the process now as adults, you almost need it more. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a crazy world. So let's talk just the sort of big picture about the Better Business Bureau. Now, this is a, a national organization. It's in the, the U.S. Uh, but if people go to BBB.org, uh, they can sort of drill down to find the, the British Columbia arm. But tell us about the, the Better Business Bureau and, and when did it start and, and what's the main aim? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, across North America, we have over nine, we have 94 branches. And so you are, there's a Better Business Bureau near you. And when you go to the website, it, it takes your location and it'll, it'll direct you to your local branch. And so that, that's great. But we, we do a lot of things, right? We have a very, we have a business facing and a consumer facing perspective. And so we offer a lot of services for our, our consumers. Like, so for anyone, you know, anyone who buys anything, we have a lot of options. Um, so, one of them is to look at our business profiles. And that's, that's something that goes both ways, right? You can, a business profile is there for as many businesses as we can, right? And really, if you aren't on there, you can go on there and put your business on there. And that's a great way to do it. What that allows is, is that when we get a consumer complaint or review of any type, we can actually add that to the profile, which is a great thing. And so, you know, people will say, well, why would I, why would I go to the Better Business Bureau to look at reviews versus somewhere else? Now, we actually vet our reviews. And so that's, that's like a really, really different process than anywhere else. And so, so customer reviews, that's a, you know, customer program, customer complaints, that's a customer program, and then dispute resolution as well. We really do want to work with both the consumer and the, and the business to resolve any issues. Uh, we will work to try and open lines of communication and see if we can resolve anything, um, not necessarily us, but try to get the two parties talking. And so we, we really want the marketplace to be one of trust and comfort. And then we do a lot of consumer education, right? So we are here to educate consumers around potential scams, around how to find a good business, how to find a better business, all of those things. On the business side of things, uh, we do obviously provide accreditation. Now, accreditation, again, you can't just uh, walk up to my office and say, hey, I'd, I'd like to buy this. You know, you actually have to be vetted. And so we have eight standards of trust that a business needs to be vetted against before they can 
get accreditation. And again, again, and why that matters is because it's not enough to just say, oh, I had my friends and family say that I'm a great business online and now everyone's going to buy from me. We, we actually vet that in a very different way. And so that is one version of it. Um, we also provide a service called Get a Quote and it's business and consumer related. So you can go on our website, you can put in your particulars, say you want to get a new roof on your house and you can get quotes from a variety of roofers all at one time. So, you know, that like that, you know, you're submitting it quickly, which is lovely. And then for, for businesses, we also have a number of options within accreditation. So we we provide other services when you are a member of the BBB. So, you know, support with marketing, et cetera, so many other things that we do. And that's once you're kind of in the in the family, in the ether. And so uh, and, and education continued always at educating. Right, right. Yeah, because the the Better Business Bureau, if you see that sticker in a window, uh, that stands for a lot. And I guess it's very important that you maintain the integrity of that logo, of that name. Absolutely. I mean, so we, we call that the sign of a better business, right? That is how you know this is a better business. And, and everyone wants to work with businesses they can trust. Like, no one wants to be losing money. No one wants to be working with someone who's going to kind of be, you know, shady or, or shifty or, or just even non- communicative, right? You want to ensure that you're having a good experience. The user experience is so important. And so that is how you get that, that sticker, that seal. You see it on a door, you see it on a car. And that's what we say. We say, watch out for the sign of a better business. Right. And in, in this world, we see so many customer reviews online and, you know, whether it's Yelp or Amazon. And a lot of times, uh, I guess, like you say, that they're unvetted and they're people with an axe to grind and maybe they're unfair. Uh, and so I guess it, it's important that the Better Business Bureau can can kind of take all this information and data and sort of uh, sort of sort it out so that it is more valuable for the consumer. Absolutely. I think about, you know, if I shop online, I might go and find someone who's already shopped there and see what their review is and say, oh, you know, uh, whether it's a, an online blogger or, you know, whatnot. And I can say that that's correct because I check a few different places and they, you know, they're doing a video and they're showing me, hey, I bought this and look at what it is and this is what it looks like on. Okay. So that's a way for me to visually know that this is legitimate. When you see these these reviews, there's very few ways of knowing they're legitimate. And I think of there's so many stories. There was a story where there was a, a local business that was on the news um, for a, an unpleasant situation. People watched the news and got frustrated with the business and subsequently went online and left all of these bad reviews. Now, it's not that review is actually not pertinent to the business, right? They saw, right. They, saw, they saw something, they just didn't like it, people felt a certain type of way, and they took it out on the business in their review system. And that's unfortunate because those are not vetted experiences. You did not go to that business. You probably have never even walked in that store. So how is that? Is that appropriate? Is that fair? Does that help the next person? You know, these, are, these are real questions. And you have to be sure that when you look at something that's not – it's not a bunch of friends and families who, who said, yeah, this is, this is a great business and or, you know, the other way around, someone who's disgruntled and, and unhappy and saying they're awful, right? You got to find the middle mm-hmm. Right. So go to BBB.org and you can find out more. And and I notice on the website, there's also tips for business owners. It's a It's a total education kind of a thing as well. 
Absolutely. And that's, that is available for accredited or non-accredited businesses, right? That's on our website all the time. We really want to be hand-holding our businesses throughout their life cycle. So whether they are starting up, whether they are, you know, you've been around for a long time, whether they're in exit phase, there's a, we have a lot of resources online and in person. We do a lot of events, but we, we put a lot of that out there to say, this is what might be relevant to you. We also do a lot of trades, um, you know, trade updates. And so, for example, it's like automotive updates or, you know, uh, plumbing, plumbing industry updates. And we, we really are trying to ensure that our various businesses that are part of our network have something that we can support them with. And it's kind of, you know, whether they're industry forecasts, whether it's these are common issues that are happening in your industry and how to deal with them, whether it's growing your business, we really do have a lot of tips. And then we have tips to avoid scams as usual, right? That's, that's really important too. Consumers are not the only ones who are being hit with, um, you know, fraud or difficult circumstances. And so we want to make sure our businesses are also equally protected. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important thing to, to mention that it's, it's not just individuals getting ripped off, but businesses as well. Absolutely. I mean, Amazon was like one of the number one you know, um, impersonated businesses, I think last year or the year before. And so you will see, it's very, very common that businesses are getting ripped off. Yeah. Uh, it interesting. And it seems, uh, as, as I talked to you and I did a little bit of research before, it seems like the better business bureau is more interactive now than ever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have to, we have to evolve with the times, right? There is no, there's, there's no such thing as kind of being a static being. And the reality is, again, we talked about this, we are very much in an online community. And how do we ensure that we are there with them? Because our businesses are running online, people are in a remote world, we want to make sure that we're relevant and available where they are. So consumers and businesses alike, we need to be online. We need to be available. We need to, we need to be able to support them in that way. And so um, that's been a big change and a push over the last few years. Right. Nisha Hoti is the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Better Business Bureau, serving mainland British Columbia. You can find them online at bbb.org. And uh, as we're discussing, they have all sorts of resources, whether you're a customer, you maybe you're looking for a service, you need a new roof or something, or if you're a business. And uh, if you go to bbb.org, they have a whole, like a plethora of stuff that can help you out. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Nisha uh, about uh, the Better Business Bureau's work with scams. And it's changing all the time. We're going to find out uh, some of the newer scams, the more popular ones, and how you can protect yourself. That's all when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong and we are talking uh, about uh, business scams, but much more than business scams because we're talking to Nisha Hoti. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Better Business Bureau, serving mainland British Columbia. You can find them online at bbb.org. We've been talking about how the Better Business Bureau uh, is providing all sorts of education for businesses and for consumers, and especially when it comes to scams. And unfortunately, we live in an age where the scams are becoming more complicated, more technologically advanced. And uh, Nisha, I guess it's one of those things that is changing all the time for the Better Business oh. Bureau. 
Absolutely. Like we get new scam types all of the time and we really have to, to, to do our due diligence ourselves. And honestly, the, the only way that we know if there's a new trend is when people are, are letting us know. And it is, it is very interesting because there are different scams for different age groups. There are different scams for um, different um, kind of areas of the world. There are, sc- there are scams that are more popular in, you know, the States and they are here, et cetera. And it's just something that we really have to spend the time being, being very um, aware of. And we have entire teams looking at the scams that are inputted to us and what, um, what that means, what those trends are. Every year we come out with a report and we talk about the top scams because truthfully, that is one of the number one things that we can do to keep, um, you know, keep consumers safe is to let them know what's happening in the world. Yeah. And uh, very important that people report the scams because I guess the percentage of people who report being scammed is a lot lower than you might expect, right? Would you say that's oh, true? It, it's very low. And I mean, I think, so the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, I think they, they say that it's about 5 to 10%. Um, and if you think about that really in context, and we talk about big numbers in our risk report around, you know, the numbers that have been lost and, and what, what's happened. If we, if we think about how much could, um, how much more we could save and, and protect people, and, and we don't have a real idea, like we don't have a real idea as to how, big or bad a scam actually is because we're really only look at the looking at the top of the iceberg. And I think people are, they feel embarrassed, right? Like you don't yeah. want to say that I've been scammed or this has happened to me. And as much as I understand that, I, I really akin it to the idea that you are, you're driving in to work this morning and you hit a traffic spot. And if you are like most people, you tend to either, you know, tap tap the traffic on your app or you call into a radio station and you say hey you know there is a truck broken down on the side of the road it's, it's causing a backup or whatever's happening and you do that because you want to protect the next guy like you're stuck in it but protect the next guy and yeah. this concept is so important we have to look at ourselves as a community because we so the better business bureau is trying to promote a marketplace of trust but that marketplace includes all of us and if we don't report scams or report what we almost happened. So it doesn't have to be that you fell for it. It can be that it approached you and, and you know, you, you missed it, but if you miss it still, they're going to try to approach someone else. So please report it so that we can share it forward. And there's, and there's three places that we say report it, right? So there's the BBB scam tracker, which is our tool to um, collect scam information and then come up with Results in terms of trends, number one scams, scams affecting different age groups. That's that's where we pull our data from. And then there's the Canadian right. Anti-Fraud Center, and there's the police, right? Like if if it's something that's really, you know, if something if you've lost money, if if it's dangerous, absolutely call the police, right? Because they're also equally involved in our, in our like marketplace of trust, as we talk about. We want to protect people, and the police are obviously a part of that. Right. We're talking to Nisha Hoti, the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Better Business Bureau. And you mentioned some of the new trends in scams. Can you can you describe some of the new scams that are that are going around targeting? People? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, I think it's really funny that I think people should know what the number one scam um, is. And in the number one scam last year, like for our 2022 risk report, it, with home improvement scams. And the reason I think that that's important and people should know is because 
you are probably asked all the time. Someone walks up to your door and says, like, hey, uh, I'm in the area. I'm doing some work. Do you want a complimentary? Um, do you want us to take a look inside, see if there's anything that we can get updated for you? And you think, yeah, sure, why not? Like, you, you really don't even you don't even think that that's a problem. But uh, the, the problem comes from the fact that you have so many people doing that as a scam. They are coming in just to get a nice sense of your space. They're either going to start work with you and say, hey, yeah, let's, uh, let's start this work, you know, handshake deal or, uh, you know, a quick scribble on the side of a piece of paper. Um, they're going to get, they're going to get a deposit from you and say, oh, you know what, I'm in the area. So really like I, I'm going to get started right away, um, need a deposit to get going and then they're going to disappear. So, isn't that like wild when you think about that that is such a such a kind of common scenario and that is one of our number one scams um new scams really in the last few years you've seen a lot of cryptocurrency scams come on online um right. that is a big one and i think most of us have seen it last year for canada it was the number two riskiest scam which i think is again wild it's, it has a lot to do with the n amount of money that is being um inputted so people are doing crypto uh people are being pitched crypto uh schemes let's call them schemes and they're losing a lot of money because they think oh well i'm going to put in a thousand it's going to turn into two thousand or two thousand would turn into four and they're they're really really coming at it from an investment standpoint and it makes sense to me because investment scams are our highest median dollar loss scams and crypto is right behind it right so it makes sense as to why but being being a new type of scam i think cryptocurrency is a big one um and and that's really interesting another one that i think that is interesting and i've always found so strange is employment scams and that one just kind of blows my mind so employment scams are happening all over the place. And again, online, online world. So you, you look online, you're looking for a job and they've mimicked a posting, right? The scammer has taken a posting from somewhere else. They've mimicked it. They've put their information. So it seems really appropriate, really, really relevant. Um, and the information is wrong, right? So when you contact them or when you apply, you're contacting the scammer. Scammer's going to say, yeah, this is a remote position. You're going to do this, this, this. Great. Um, can I get your information? Can I get your banking details, et cetera, et cetera. So now they've got your banking information. They've got pretty much everything they need to know about you. Um, and then they'll also, there are times where they'll say, okay, you'll be working from home. You're going to need XYZ equipment. So um, here's what you need to buy. We've arranged for it from this place. Uh, if you can buy it and we'll reimburse you, et cetera, or, um, you know, we'll buy it and you'll, you'll, you'll re we'll get reimburse you. Uh, we'll take the money out of your paycheck, et cetera. You should never have to pay you never have to pay for training or, or supplies in that way. And if you pay for it, they will come back and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to reimburse you. And they don't. So they'll send you a check and that check bounces, or they'll send you some type of information, some type of money. And that's not able to be deposited at the bank. And so you're out, you're out thousands of dollars. This happened to a local international student. And it was just, it was just devastating because they're here to try and set up their life and, and, you know, move forward and, and already struggling. And they lost thousands of dollars in a scheme like this. Wow. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Uh, another scam that I hear a lot about in the news, but I, I want to know how common it is, where it, it's usually targeted to older people. And it's often uh, an old person and, and somebody's on the phone and they claim to be their grandchild who needs bail money or needs money right now. And yeah. uh, d does that happen a lot? 
It does happen a lot. It's not on our, um, it's not on the top 10 from last year, but it does for Canada, but it does happen. It does happen quite a bit. And what's, what's scary about that was, you know, we call them grandparent scams and um, they, they're really, they're really, really scary. Like for the person who's receiving that call and you're creating that sense of urgency, you're putting the fear into them. You're saying that someone is, either injured or in trouble, they're in jail, they need bail money. There, there's so many situations. And it also takes out the opportunity for you to have a conversation with that person, right? They say, oh, they're in, they're, they're in trouble, they're in the hospital. They're in trouble, they're in jail. I can't, like, we can't get, a, you know, you, you can't talk to them. And so immediately your brain, you're like, oh, I, I want to resolve this situation right away. They are playing on psychology here, right? So the psychology in the scenario is you want to protect your loved one, you want to take care of them as soon as possible. So you're pretty much willing to do anything. But I, I always have to stress like bail and things like this, this does not look, this does not work the way you see it in the movies. You're not coming up with a, a stack of cash and handing it over. These are just not how these things work. So do not get caught into this scenario. And if you truly think that someone is ill, you know, ask what, what hospital or where they are, call that space, find out, do not just take a third party's word for it that A, you don't know, or B, someone who is, is pretending to be. Uh, we talked about this earlier, having safe words, being able to ask questions that really ensure that you are speaking to the right person and that they know something and it is genuine. There is, it's a scary world and it sounds like we say, oh, everything, you, you know, you really, you can't trust anyone. And, and I don't want to say that. I want to say that we are in a, a beautiful world and, and we can have trust. <laughs> But I think we, we have to be mindful and I think we have to do our due diligence. And when you're in a scenario that feels odd, feels strange, feels unique, to take five, and, and we say this all the time, take five, take five minutes, take five days, take, take five weeks if you have to. If you're changing your roof and, and you want to take five weeks to figure out who should do it, go ahead, as long as, you know, roof's not caving in. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you want to you make sure that you, you do your due diligence and you are checking all the boxes, crossing the I's, dotting the T's, making sure that you feel absolutely comfortable because it will just protect you in the long run. Yeah, I like that. Take five and and also trust your gut. If something yeah. feels just a little bit off, because you can't even trust the phone designations now occasionally because now they can imitate uh, the on the phone. It looks like your loved one is actually calling. It doesn't say, you know, uh, uh, it, oh, it actually... Absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's a scary thought. That was super scary. Um, I, I've seen it. It it does. It, it is nerve wracking because it looks like your your mom is calling. It looks like your son is calling, and you are sitting there and going, "What? Like, how is that possible? Are you just got off the phone with them?" And it's like, you know, what's happening? And that is that again. This is this is what what's happening. I also think it's really interesting that you're talking about um, trusting your gut. So uh, I want to I want to find the stat, and I'm gonna I'll try to find it. And, and if I do, great. But basically, we have a statistic from our risk report last year that really talks about the fact that you most people avoid scams by trusting their gut. I'm thinking this is like an 80, 90 percentile. Like you, you're really able if you can take a second and kind of feel it out and trust your gut, you're going to save yourself some grief later on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, uh, just, just great, great advice. Well, Anisha, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Nisha Hoti is the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Better Business Bureau serving mainland British Columbia. Uh, they are a big organization across the continent. If you go to BBB.org, it'll take you to the, the British Columbia part of it. And uh, as we've been talking about, it's uh, it's not just, uh, you know, this is a good business, this is a bad business. It's a very interactive uh, web space, and uh, it can talk about scams. It can also give valuable advice uh, for businesses. And uh, I think it's a really great resource, and I wish you all the best in the in the years to come. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Nisha. Nisha Hoti uh, with the Better Business Bureau. And as I mentioned, it's BBB.org. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, it was one of the country's worst, deadliest workplace disasters. And it happened on this day back in 1958. It's the story of why the Second Narrows Bridge is also called the Iron Workers Memorial Bridge. And I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer. And sometimes we hear it referred to as the Second Narrows Bridge. Other times it's the Iron Workers Memorial Bridge. Both are correct. And it was today, June 17th, 1958 when what has become known as the worst industrial accident in BC history happened, as two sections of the partially completed Second Narrows Bridge collapsed during construction. A lot of people were on the bridge doing work, and as a tribute to those who lost their lives, the Second Narrows Bridge was renamed the Iron Workers Memorial Bridge in 1994. Nineteen people died in the collapse back in 1958, According to someone who watched it from their car nearby, it looked like the entire bridge was collapsing. Fifty men who were working on the span went down and into the water of the inlet. A number of those workers would be swept out to sea, while others were actually clipped onto girders, which dragged them under the water. Other men just struggled to stay afloat in the water, but were dragged under because they were wearing heavy tool belts with all these heavy tools on them. A few men were lucky. They heard the rumbling and ran to a more secure part of the bridge, and they were okay. Art Pylon was a survey crewman on a boat just north of the bridge, so he saw the whole thing. He told the Vancouver province in the days after it was hell. He described men flailing in the water and screaming for help. He said he grabbed some men that he saw swimming, but he had to leave many who were dead. Of the 50 or so men who went down with the bridge, 19 were killed, many seriously injured. The cause of the failure of the bridge would later be attributed to the miscalculation on the part of a junior engineer who himself was on the bridge at the time and was killed. A royal commission would later rule that the contracting company, Dominion Bridge, should have caught those miscalculations in the design stage. And there were many accusations that they were cutting corners in a race to get the project completed on time. Two years after the collapse, the Second Arrows Bridge would finally be completed. That was 1960. And it was 29 years ago in 1994 
that the bridge would be officially renamed the Iron Workers Memorial Bridge. You may be on it right now, driving across. And it all happened on this day, June 17th, in Vancouver history, 1958. This is Vancouver Consumer, and we are here every Saturday from 2 to 4. Thanks in big part to our producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the first week of summer. Summer officially starts on Wednesday. And happy Father's Day tomorrow. And stick around. The news on CKNW is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.